are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Winter is coming, John Snow. <laughs> okay, for my listeners who are games, Game of Thrones fans, that's the best I could do after several takes. And for listeners who don't know what Game of Thrones even is, well, it's probably best we just jump into this week's episode. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about trying to keep warm, uh, and we're going to try to do that before it starts getting cold. I don't know about where you are, but so far here in Georgia, it's been pretty warm. Uh, We've had a few cold mornings, but I think the coldest morning that I actually uh, got out and and spent time in a stand, it was in the mid-40s, so not too bad. Uh, For those of you listening that are thinking this, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. Yes, it does get cold in Georgia. Um, We could go into one particular story where some good friends from the Midwest came down thinking they were going to kind of make fun of all us southern gents as they jumped out with their flip-flops and their shorts on and it didn't take long before they were they were freezing. It actually ended up being one of the coldest weekends I think I've ever spent in a tent in my life. Um, But be that as it may. Plus, I do hunt other states as well. So while, you know, most, I would say probably half of the season here in Georgia is pretty, pretty warm and even mild. Uh, when you get into the, the latter part of the season, December and sometimes into January, uh, if you're trying to sit in a stand, it can get and be very cold and just downright miserable. I have, and while this may not be as cold as some parts of the country, I have taken whitetails, you know, while being in the stand for a few hours when it was in the teens, and that is here in, in Georgia. So it can, it can get cold. I'm sure it's not as cold as other standards. But I do believe most of what I'm going to talk about here would uh, transfer to to other states, um, maybe modified a little bit and so forth. But regardless, um, I've been trying to stay warm outdoors for um, quite a few years. Um, again, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I grew up on a farm and we were we were outdoors all the time. It didn't matter what the weather was. Um, we were outside and that, um, in some ways is a lot like hunting in some ways, not, uh, and I guess, um, if I think back to early years when I was trying to stay warm, I didn't know a lot of what I know now. And there wasn't a lot of thought into, uh, really quality or, and it was, there hadn't been a lot of research either. So I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there. There's been a lot of research done, especially for the hunting community over the last 15, 20 years that just wasn't available when I was, uh, in my younger days. And, you know, I used to use whatever thermal underwear I got for Christmas and I would, you know, I would put jeans on over that. Um, maybe a flannel shirt, uh, or a jacket. And the, you know, my old standby back in those days was the big one piece insulated suits. You know, most of these time, most of the time that would look something like, uh, what you might think would come from Carhartt, the brown, uh, fairly thick canvas outer shell and some insulation and then a quilted, uh, like a nylon, you know, inner liner. So it was easy to put on and take off. And, you know, that was, that was what I used back then. And I spent a lot of time on a tractor, which is not much different than sitting in a tree stand. You did get some regular movement for, you know, the operating, the controls and so forth. Um, but the flip side of that is you was also, uh, moving. So you, you know, you had some air movement all the time. 
Um, you know, the, the tractors I used at the time, there was, you know, there weren't cabs on them. There weren't windshields on them. You, you had a canopy. So if it was raining, you stayed dry. But other than that, you were in the elements. Um, and, you know, regulating your, your temperature was either you unzipped the, uh, insulated suit that you were wearing, or you, you took it off. And many times there was a, uh, there wasn't so much of a fine line. You you take you take it off, and you would be too cold. You put it back on. You'd get too hot. It it just you know it wasn't perfect, but it it did the job. And I can remember uh, quite a few times being in a, a tree stand when it was cold enough that my you know my breath was freezing uh, the moisture into my my facial hair. So you know, and I'm I managed to stay on a stand back in those days for days at a time. Um, the difference back then for me was that by the time it got that cold, I was hunting with a firearm. So, you know, you could get away with a little bit more movement. You could do things in a stand uh, that helped keep you warmer that uh, maybe you can get away with in some situations bow hunting. But for the most part, when it's, you know, bow hunting, the only thing I'm doing is I'm trying to flex muscles while sitting still or standing still. So, you know, flexing my toes or, uh, tightening the muscles in my, in my abdomen, those kind of things, isometric type exercises where I can, I can use my muscles in a limited, uh, manner to keep some blood flowing and, and burn some calories to, to make myself warmer, but it's very, very limited. Um, so, you know, over the years I've had to play around with this system that I use to stay warm, uh, and that's really what I'm going to talk about a little bit. I don't consider myself an expert on this in any way. I'm just going to tell you what I found that works for me. Um, and hopefully, you know, help, help some people out. I don't even know how long this episode will be. It probably won't make it to the 30 minute mark, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where this goes. So over the, the last several years, I'd say the last 10 years, I have really tried focusing on, uh, layering systems, clothing systems, um, for the latter part of the season to find out what I felt worked really well for me and what didn't. Um, and I know there's a lot of folks out there that just go and buy, and I, there's nothing wrong with it if you can stay warm with it, but they're buying, you know, they buy cotton, they buy whatever they can find, you know, in Walmart and those kind of things. And if you're a person that's warm natured and, and that's all you need, great, more power to you. For me, that that just doesn't work. I mean, I, I will freeze to death. And if I can't be comfortable I'm either going to be moving and fidgeting or I'm going to be leaving the woods and neither one of those is going to result in success. So um, if I'm going to be out there, I need to be comfortable and to be comfortable, I have to stay reasonably warm. Uh, and that's really what I, what I have, I have focused on. And part of this episode, you know, came to me last fall and I was thinking about putting something like this together and it kind of just came back into memory because I am planning a trip back to North Carolina in a few weeks. But I was up um, visiting my my father and my brother and and spent a couple of days last winter uh, helping them out on the farm and so forth. And it kind of hit me while I was up there that I was wearing a lot less bulk, but I was staying, I think, warmer. Now, that's been 30 years ago. I, you know, I, I don't remember every, every day. I can't tell you what the temperatures were versus what I was there, but I know it was cold when I was there. And 
I remember thinking that, wow, this is a lot easier to, to move around and do things and help out without all that added bulk that I had on. And even looking at my, my father and my brother and what they were wearing compared to what I was wearing uh, at this particular time, and it was just a lot less bulky and I was staying warmer. Um, and I think the, for me, the secret or the, what I found works best for me is, is definitely using a layering system, but the layers for the most part are, are rather light, except for if I need something that's going to provide some, um, shielding from the wind. If it's just cold, uh, you know, I don't worry so much about that, but if I know there's going to be even a, a, a light wind, uh, a few miles per hour, if it's really cold, then I will focus on some part of my layering system that's going to block that wind. Um, and I want to talk about some of the materials here in just a bit, but one thing that constantly comes up in these discussion is natural materials versus synthetic materials. And I'll be honest, I use both and I have certain situations that I will choose one over the other. But for the most part, I'll be honest, I have found that from a base layer perspective, both of them, as long as you're buying quality, will work pretty well. So whether you're looking at, you know, merino wool, which is really the the only uh, natural material that I would think about when it comes to a base layer, uh, and that's next to skin, um, you know, it, I think it does a really good job uh, of keeping you warm. I think it does a pretty good job of wicking away moisture. And it also has a real good added benefit of you don't have to wash it every time you wear it. In fact, I highly recommend you don't. The more times you wash merino wool, you're washing the lanolin content out of the wool and you're, you're just ruining it, ruining it. So the longer you can go between washes, the better off you are which is part of the reason why I will sometimes use um, synthetics next to skin. But I have to be careful when I say that because my next to skin material that I wear is generally not, um, it's not, it's not insulating. It's not a warmth uh, layer. So a lot of times I will use some kind of compression fit long, uh, uh, underwear, both top and bottom. If I think I'm going to be, um, generating a lot of uh, sweat getting to my hunting location, I have found that a lot of that material will wick moisture away from your skin faster, um, which will equate to staying warmer. Uh, the sweat's what makes you cold. I mean, it just, if you sweat and you don't get it away from your skin, as it tries to evaporate, you're going to be cold or colder. Um, so you need to get that away from your skin as quickly as possible. And while Merino wool will do that and it does a good job, I tend to have found that it doesn't necessarily, uh, dry as quickly as some of the synthetics, uh, and it doesn't get the moisture away from your skin as quickly as synthetics. That's just what I have, what I feel like I have experienced. So if I know I'm going to get hot and sweaty, I typically wear uh, a, something next to the skin. It's very thin, very lightweight and synthetic. Um, and you can find these pretty much anywhere. Just look for material that, that, that states that it's wicking. I'm not going to get into brands here. I just, I'm just not, well, actually I will on some of the Merino wool, but that's more of a, uh, what I think is a quality, 
uh, and cost-saving perspective to pass along to you. And I'm only going to mention two companies there. Um, but on the on the synthetic next skin, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And again, I'm not talking about insulating <clears throat> uh, next to skin stuff. This is just very lightweight. If there's any um, insulating qualities to it, it's it's very minimal. Um, and it's really just to get that moisture away. And the other thing it does, in my opinion, if you are wearing some uh, natural merino wool base layers, it gets that moisture to the base layers um, and minimizes the amount of bacteria that, that gets to the base layers. Um, so it's less for the merino wool to, to have to do uh, with regards to um, controlling. And again, I'm not, I don't believe in scent control, but the, the lanolin is a natural antimicrobial and it will keep the clothes from, from, from smelling like they've been sweated in. Um, so from a, uh, from a personal perspective, I don't like smelling, you know, old stale sweaty clothes any better than the next person. So when I say, you know, I can wear my Merino wool base layers for, for multiple days without washing them, I don't smell them. They, they still smell like wool. Um, and I think, you know, having that synthetic next to skin layer before your Merino wool helps the wool last longer between washings. I hope all that made sense. I felt like I was rambling there a little bit, but, um, personally I love Merino wool. I think it does a fantastic job. I have worn it next to skin, uh, in 2018, uh, Tom Jurgensen and I kept Merino wool next to skin 24 hours a day for almost a week in Wyoming. Um, and you know, after taking those, uh, base layers off at the end of the week and getting a good hot shower, yeah, you could tell there was some, some odor there, but it was nowhere near what it would have been if that had been cotton and, and, or, or other materials. I don't think you'd have been able to stand it. And we were perfectly comfortable. I mean, the, the, we didn't feel, we didn't feel like the, the base layers were dirty. They just, they still felt natural. Um, and they did a real good job of regulating our temperatures because we had, uh, really cold nights and cold mornings and midday was, you know, rather mild. So I'm a huge fan of Merino wool. Uh, and I strongly recommend if you haven't tried Merino wool base layers, uh, look into it, give it a shot. Now I will say with Merino wool, there is a quality aspect, um, I have tried some Merino wool that I just thought was really poor quality. Um, and some of that came from some very highly reputable names in the hunting industry. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to start throwing names out there for this, but I will just say this. Don't just pay for a name when you're buying Merino wool, do your research, talk to people that have actually owned it, used it, try to understand, um, what their, uh, likes and dislikes are look for, if you can find any uh, information about the source of their Merino wool, make sure it's coming from a good reputable source. Just do your research. Um, look for quality, not, not paying for a name. The other thing I will throw out there now is, uh, unless, and I'll, I'll throw this out there. Sometimes I actually do wear, um, Merino wool base layers as an outer layer. And that sounds a bit weird, but, um, I've got some Merino wool that 
as most of you who know me know, I've lost a good bit of weight over the last year and a half, two years. And I've actually got some, uh, larger Merino wool shirts that are technically base layers that I still use today as an outer layer, um, over my, my safety harness when I'm in a tree and sometimes a jacket. I'll talk about that in just a little bit more in a minute, but, uh, for the most part, base layers are base layers. You're going to be wearing something else over them. So, it doesn't make a lot of sense to just go out and buy base layers with a camo pattern. If you like camo, great, but you don't need to pay for a camo pattern in a base layer. Again, unless you're going to be wearing it as an outer layer. And typically that's going to be your shirt. So if you think there may be times you may just sit in a tree with a lightweight Merino 100, 150 weight top, Sure, if you like the camo, pay for the camo, but it's not necessary. Um, to me, merino uh, bottoms, base layer bottoms that are camo are just ridiculous. And having said that, I own, uh, actually I own a, a pair of 150 weight merino wool uh, thermal bottoms. And I own probably five or six pair of merino wool boxers that I still use. And yes, they're all camo patterns but they were on clearance and I got a real good deal on them. Um, I didn't pay for that camo. It just, that was, that was a clearance and a closeout and I took advantage of it. Um, so where was I going with that? Don't, you don't need to pay for camo patterns. Just get, you know, solid colors. Um, I've honestly sat in a tree stand with, uh, black Merino wool top and, uh, seen animals. I don't know that I've ever shot an animal wearing that, but I, it wouldn't bother me a bit. That's just a matter of, I haven't done it very often. Um, trying to decide where I want to go next. Let's go ahead and finish this up and then we'll talk about just a few other things. And, um, <clears throat> from a Merino wool perspective, two companies that I actually found in the last couple of years that their products are amazing. They're, uh, quality to to cost ratio is almost unbeatable. The the big one is a company called Merrywool. M E R I W O O L. Phenomenal quality. Um at least on par if not a little bit less depending on which uh hunting company you're looking at. And again, I'm not throwing names out for those, but um I would say they're cheaper than some of the more expensive and on par with some of the cheaper, um, but I think the quality is better. I own base layers in 200 and 400 weight merino wool from Mary Wool, as well as uh, neck gaiters, um, beanies, you name it. Uh, I haven't bought socks from them yet. Um, for socks, and we'll talk about, actually, I'm going to hold off on socks till I get to feet, but uh, Mary Wool, phenomenal company. For uh, t-shirts and boxers, if you want to wear those in merino wool, which I do, uh, there's another company called Wooly, uh, W-O-O-L-Y. Uh, their, their quality is really good. I'd say their prices are about on par. Um, but I actually have several shirts from, from Wooly that I wear on a regular basis, not even during hunting season. I just, I love the feel of, of good quality Merino wool next to skin. Um, and I, I enjoy wearing it. So I actually own several shirts from Wooly that, uh, I use, I use year round. So bottom line, when it comes to base layers, 
Um, I strongly recommend merino wool. Um, in some cases, I would recommend a light um, uh, synthetic compression wear type uh, next to skin layer just again to get that moisture away a little bit quicker. Uh, I do think some of those synthetic materials can pull and wick moisture way faster than uh, merino wool does, but you're not going to go wrong with either one, especially a good quality merino wool. You just cannot go wrong with it. Um, and they just do a real good job of keeping you warm when you're, when you're sitting still. Um, for me, my, the pants that I wear until it gets into the, uh, twenties, I just wear a, a plain pair of pants. They're a, a very light, fairly thin, uh, camo pair of pants that I wear with my merino wool under it. Um, I will try to keep my, my, um, pant legs tucked into my boots to, you know, hold a little bit of warm there and I'm fine. I have to keep my upper body warm. And I think that probably would relate to most people. If you can keep your core warm, you're going to be warmer overall. Um, and for that, I wear the Merino wool again, either, a, uh, depending on the time of the year, up to a 400 weight Merino wool, uh, top. I have, um, several good quality, uh, Merino wool flannel, not cotton flannel, but Merino wool type shirts, um, Pendleton makes some good ones. Uh, I'm trying to make, I think I've got one or two from, uh, uh, I want to say Woolrich, but don't hold me to that. Um, and those work really, really well. Now, one thing I will say is Jason Sam Koviak started talking about the Columbia Cinder jacket a few years ago, and I bought a couple of them and I absolutely love them. And I will wear those, especially the early part of the season when it's just really not, it's just cold enough to give you a good chill sitting in the stand and I'll roll up that jacket. I'll carry it with me and, uh, I'll put that on over my, my safety harness. And then I've got a, a leather large, uh, Merino wool shirt, or I have some predator camo, whatever I need that I'll pull on over that solid colored shirt. You know, I don't know that I need the camo all the time. I've definitely killed deer without camo, but it does give me uh, a sense of confidence. And I know I can get away with just a little bit more movement with the camo. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a huge camo proponent, but I'm definitely not a huge person that, oh, you just don't need camo. That That's not me. While I think you can get away with hunting without camo, a good pattern that breaks you up, especially in a tree stand when, you know, the animals can look up and see you skylighted, um, an ASAT type camo or predator type camo that has that ability to break up uh, a skylight or a sky, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. You're up in a tree. Um, uh, those type of patterns can do a really good job and I tend to use them while I'm, while I'm hunting in a tree. Um, and up until it really starts getting cold, that's about all I need. Now, once it gets into the twenties, I have a really, uh, high end quality. It's a Madison Creek vest. Many people have seen my pictures cause I wear that vest religiously in the winter. Um, it's a wool outer shell with a Sherpa lined, uh, interior. And that thing is money. I mean, it keeps me warm, um, pretty much until it just gets bitterly cold and even then, I almost never wear a coat into the stand. The the most, the, the heaviest I'll wear is a, uh, uh, something along the lines of an Asbel wool pullover uh, or a wool shirt that's about the same thickness and this vest. 
Uh, I've just found most of the coats, other than that little ascender jacket, which is very thin, they're just too bulky. They're too thick for me. So I've got to find a way to stay warm without adding that, that extra bulk. Um, and that's honestly, that's pretty much it. Now, when it gets a little bit colder, once it gets down into the twenties the and maybe the low twenties, I do have some heavy, uh, wool pants that I will, I will bring out and start wearing. Um, and they're just standard. I don't know the weight on them, but they're pretty heavy pants. I know they're heavy enough that, you know, when I put them on and I go to climbing a tree, I can really tell the additional weight over what I've been wearing. Um, and the ones that I have do have a, I actually have two pair. I have one that doesn't, I have one that does. One pair has a, a quilted liner in it that gives some, some wind protection. Uh, and that, that ascender jacket, honestly, even when it gets colder, if it's going to be windy, I will find a way to build that into my layered system because it does a phenomenal job of blocking the wind. So I can use that a little bit closer to my skin, uh, finish off with a, a heavy wool shirt or the, the vest that I mentioned. And I've got a, I've just got a great system and none of this is overly heavy. None of it was over overly expensive. Uh, again, the, the wool, wool, quality wool is going to be expensive, but I want to say the, the 400 weight, um, uppers and lowers that I got from Mary wool. I want to say the upper was like 59 bucks and the, the pants was like 80. Don't hold me to those prices, but I think that's pretty close to what I paid and just phenomenal quality. Um, and you, you know, I think I bought mine all in like an OD army green, which is perfect for me. Um, so anyway, that's what I, when I'm talking about layering, that's what I'm talking about. You know, something again, a, a very light, well wicking next to skin layer or a next to skin Merino layer, um, a decent pair of pants, whether that be a, a lighter material for, uh, early season to, you know, mid season and then a heavy wool, uh, pair of pants for late season for my lower, for my upper, I've got again, next to skin, really thin, well wicking product or Merino wool. And then, you know, that ascender jacket, maybe a, a wool shirt and a, a good solid vest. And I'm good in most situations, well up into, uh, December and January here in Georgia. Um, once it gets really cold, I will carry a, a thermos of, of coffee or, uh, hot apple cider with me that, that I can use to kind of bring that core temperature back up. And with all the layers that I've gone on, it'll actually hold that temperature and keep me warm. Um, but it does, it's a, it's a great system and works very well for me. Lastly, um, feet. And I don't want to stand, spend just a few minutes talking about this. This is a, a topic that gets beat to death. I'm just going to tell you what, what works well for me. Um, if you have trouble keeping your feet warm, I will say chances are you're probably restricting uh, circulation. If you've got a pair of quality boots, they're probably too small, too tight. You're not getting good circulation to your feet and your feet get cold. Um, when you're and I started to say this early, and I'm going I'm to go back real quick for just a minute. When I said keep your core warm, um, if you can keep your core warm in most situations, the rest of your body will stay warm. And that can even include your feet. Because what happens as you start, as your core starts getting cold, your body will find a way to conserve heat to protect your core, to protect your, you know, your, your, your life-giving organs. That is, the, the core is the... Um, it's the all important component of your body. 
And as it starts getting cold, your body will start restricting blood flow into your extremities, your feet, your hands. That's why your feet and your hands get cold first. Um, but circulation, once you get your core taken care, taken care of, then it's a matter of just keeping circulation going so that your feet don't get cold. You can't do that with tight fitting shoes. So I have shoes that are at least a half size. I actually have one pair that's a size larger that I wear once it turns cold. And I do almost the same thing. I've got a lightweight um, uh, nylon-based sock that will that will pull the moisture away from my feet. My feet sweat really bad. Um, so while I'm walking to the stand, no matter what I do, no matter how cold it is, my feet are going to sweat. And I need to get that moisture pulled away from my skin. Next to that is a wool sock. Now, depending on how cold it is, will depend on, I've got several thicknesses of wool socks and I have even doubled up. So I've got a, I may wear a light, like hiking, uh, weight sock on top of the, um, on top of the sock liner. And then I may well wear a heavy wool sock over the top of that. As long as I can get it in the boot that I'm using and still have room to move my toes and keep the circulation going, it's not a problem. Um, I only use wool socks except for that liner sock. Everything else that I wear is, is a Merino wool sock. Darn tough, phenomenal product. They are expensive, but they have a lifetime guarantee. Yes, a lifetime guarantee on socks. If you wear a hole in them, if you tear them, if you break the elastic in them, you, you contact darn tough and they will send you a new pair. Uh, they used to require you send the old ones in. I'm not even sure they do that anymore. They may ask for a photo. I'm not sure, but I haven't had to replace any in quite a while. But when you have a problem with them, they will replace them for life. Well worth the money. There are other companies that are out there that are, are really good as well. Smart Wool is a good one. Um, the company that I said, uh, Wooly, they make socks and I found those to be pretty good. But Again, Merino socks, as far as I'm concerned, are a lifesaver as far as when it comes to keeping your feet warm. I do not own or wear insulated boots. I wear good quality. I think I've got some, I've got a pair of Kenotrex and I've got a pair of uh, Danners and I even have a pair of Cabela's. The Cabela's boots that I have are insulated. I never wear them. My feet sweat. Once my feet sweat, they get cold. So I, I, I don't use them for hunting at all. I will use them for other activities, but not for hunting. Um, and then finally, um, I know a lot of people don't like them. I don't care for them, but I still use them when it gets really cold as I have a pair of the, I think mine are Arctic Shields, but it's the booties that you wear over your boots. So you carry them in once you're in your stand, once you're set up, you slide these over your existing boots. Um, you can even slip a, uh, hand warmer down into them. One of the, you know, the little chemical hand warmers that you open up, shake it up, mix the, the dry material up and it generates heat, slip those down in and they help keep your feet warm. Uh, I'm not a fan of electric socks. Uh, same problem for me. I've tried them in the past. My feet sweated. Once my feet sweated, they got cold. It didn't matter how much I turned the batteries up. Uh, I just, I didn't like the, the electric socks. Um, and I mentioned the hand warmers for the boots. Those things are, those are just invaluable. Once it gets cold, keeping a couple in your pockets to warm your hands. 
Um, I actually keep, uh, so I've got one pair of merino wool that actually has a chest pocket on one side and I will slip one into that pocket so I can keep that, that heat next to my skin. Um, I have used the patches on the, the large patched areas where I can put it, you know, on my back, right at the base of my neck. Any of that stuff that you can get close to your skin is going to help keep your core warm. Um, your blood's going to circulate that heat as long as the rest of your core is warm and that's going to keep the rest of your body warm. So if you don't take anything else away from this, the biggest thing I can tell you, uh, to staying warm is keeping your core warm. Once your core starts getting cold, no matter what you do, the rest of your body is going to get cold. And once the rest of your body gets cold, it's just going to drag you down. Um, and I tend to stand on, stay on stand, even in, you know, 10 degree, 10 to 15 degree weather, I typically can stay on stand anywhere from three to four hours with minimal movement if I'm prepared for it. Um, I don't typically do all day sits that time of year, but I will typically hunt morning, get something to eat, put something in my system um, to get my, you know, my, my body burning food and, and burning calories, making energy um, or, or creating heat. And then I can hunt in the afternoons. Um, and, you know, I just thought about that as I mentioned that that is another um, big deal is fueling the furnace. Keep food in your system on cold days. Eat a good breakfast. Carry some some decent snacks with you that, you know, your body will, uh, as it's digesting, it, you know, it, it's going to build additional heat and it's going to help keep you warm. Um, you know, stay away from the candy bar, stuff like that. But, you know, granola bars, stuff like something that's going to be a bit more complex, that's going to take a little bit more uh, for your system to process is going to generate um more heat and keep you warmer. So, uh, I think I've covered everything. I'm sitting here glancing at my notes that I had, and I think that's everything. Uh, but I'd like to hear from you. Um, you know, what have I said here that you disagree with? What do you agree with? Um, is there something, you know, that you use in your system for staying warm late in the season that I didn't cover that, that, you know, you found works for you. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, shoot me an email, bowhunterga at gmail.com or leave us a comment on the podcast, either one. And I will, I will try my best to respond to each and every one of those. Um, with that, I'm going to sign this one off. I wish you all the best of luck for the rest of the season. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention real quick. Um, so the end of this week, I'm having uh, what I would consider a rather mild uh, surgical procedure. It is a uh, oral surgery, um, and I don't know what that's going to do to the talker. So it may go a week without getting an episode from me. If I don't get an episode out next week, you'll know that's the reason. And I will be back with you the week after that at the latest. Until then, shoot straight. Talk to you soon, everyone. Take care.